Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to the NUFC blogcast. After a much needed 3-0 win against Fulham at the weekend, we look ahead to Chelsea in the League Cup tomorrow night. There's loads to talk about. What a performance by Magic Miley. Loads of positives. More injury worries. All of that to come on the NUFC blogcast. Ollie, hello. We didn't pod after the um, Milan game where we obviously went out of Europe. That was for many reasons, not just because it was thoroughly depressing, but also you were moving house and I got COVID. But you were there, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, I think you were there as well, weren't you, at the Milan game? And it was... um... Obviously, we won't talk about this too much because we kind of moved on and thankfully moved on with the win. But yeah, it was devastating, wasn't it? Not not only to go one nil up and be realizing that PSG weren't winning at Dortmund and therefore, as things stood, we would be going through. But then to not only miss out on the last sixteen, but then miss out on the Europa League as well. It was it was like a double blow, wasn't it? But I guess moving forward, I'm really glad we've we've sort of won what it wasn't a must win game against Fulham, but I just think it was really really important for positivity, for momentum, and all of those things. Obviously, now we can't. We can't look at the Champions League. We can't look at Europe. We can only think of the Premier League and the Cup. So I think that's a really big win, not just for the Premier League, but moving into Chelsea. So, so yeah. Uh, and it was huge, wasn't it? Because the early, we had a couple of injuries and you thought, oh, Craig, this is just going to, we're going to lose. Like Fulham had won their last two games 5-0. I know that they were at home for them and then suddenly coming to St. James Park's different. But then there was a red card. We could talk about all that. But just going to quickly, before we leave the Milan game, it's interesting to see the draws, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit, um, I mean, we won't stay on this too long. It's a little bit uh, painful, really, to see the draw for the last 16 of the Champions League without us in it, especially when PSG, who obviously got through in second, would have been us had we had we held on and won that game. And PSG have drawn Real Sociedad. So really, of all the of all the teams who finished top of their group over the group phase, I think Real Sociedad would have been the kindest draw. So it's a little bit of a pit of pill to swallow once again to say that we would have got Real Sociedad. And then Dortmund, who finished top, they've got PSV, which... Don't get me wrong, PSV are doing really well, but that's another pretty decent draw. I think AC Milan in the Europa League have got Rennes or Stad Stad Rennes, the French team. So, so yeah, it's, I know some people like to see who we would have got. I guess it's a little bit irrelevant now, but it's 
it kind of adds to the pain a bit, doesn't it? And just when you think you'd got over it, you see the draw being made and you think, oh God, imagine if we'd got Real Sociedad at home, Mikel Marino coming back to St. James's Park and we had them over two legs to get to the quarterfinals. But anyway, it wasn't meant to be. Um, but Let's yeah, be that, honest though, Ollie, we if, got. if we did go through, we would have got Real Madrid, wouldn't we? <laughs> With our record of, yeah, of, uh, of these draws this season, yeah. If you look at our draws, I mean, Blum and the group of death, we've had we've had Man City, Man United and Chelsea in the in the uh, Carabao Cup. We've At least we've got a, actually a really positive draw in the, in the FA Cup. I know some fans are dreading playing Sunderland because I think some fans just hate the derbies and worry about it. But I, for one, think that's a brilliant, brilliant occasion. I can't wait for that. But yeah, we've had tough draws, haven't we? So, um, so yeah, let's hope if we beat Chelsea, we get someone like Port Vale or someone who's still in it. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good. Um, mm. Right, let's talk about the Fulham uh, match because obviously it started and it looked like it was going wrong with a couple of injuries. It, uh, it might actually be worth starting just with the updates just on those two. We would have to go off. Obviously, Fabian Shah and Joe Linton, how are they looking? Yeah, so, I mean, it was obviously concerning, wasn't it? When you see them both off the ball go down and just signal that they need to come off, it's you immediately think of and you fear the worst. But I think Eddie Howe after the game was hopeful it wouldn't be too bad and what he said just this morning on his Monday morning press conference is that they're going to have scans. He's hopeful there'll be short-term injuries. So I, I think he's, his message is that, that he's not too concerned. But at this time of year where we've got, obviously, Chelsea on, on Tuesday, then we're going to Luton, then we've got Nottingham Forest on Boxing Day. Even if it's a short-term one and they miss one or two weeks, we could be looking at them missing the Chelsea, Luton, Forest, Liverpool and Sunderland games. Do you know what I mean? It's... Two weeks, two, three weeks out at this stage of the season can be missing five or six games. But hopefully when obviously the scan results come back, we hear that it's really minor and they're back pretty quickly. But I think it's fair to say they'll definitely be missing the Chelsea game. So, yeah, it's not, I would say it could have been much worse based on what Eddie Howe was sort of saying. But we'll have to sort of wait until the scan results come back for more of an update, I suppose. Yeah. And we did. We looked like the better team, didn't we? I mean, we, we, we were kind of dominating the game. And then, and then the defining moment of the game happened when Raul Jimenez became... Well, I thought he became Superman and absolutely fly flew into Sean Longstaff's head. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a red, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, I know some people are saying, oh, he tried to pull out of the challenge and you can see he's trying to pull out. But whether he tries to pull out or not, the reality is he absolutely wellies into Sean Longstaff's like sort of head, neck sort of area. Could have pretty much knocked him out, really, if that catches him. It's just dangerous to play. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter whether it's accidental. Yeah. It endangers the, the opponent. Like, could have broken exactly, his neck. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that the phrase of being out of control and reckless doesn't have to just be two foot off the floor and, and sort of going into someone's leg. It can be just your entire body smashing into someone's head, which is arguably more dangerous. So, so yeah, I think he probably didn't mean it, but it, like you said, it's reckless. He's out of control. So, yeah, I think he's going to have no complaints. And then I suppose, I don't know what you were thinking, but the slight concern for me was that, I mean, Fulham obviously have been scoring goals for fun. I think they scored 16 in the last four games before the game. But one thing that worried me was when teams go down to 10 men, they put... Bodies behind the ball, they make they make them even harder to break down, and it worried me there that we sometimes struggle against a low block. There was pressure on us to win, and I think with the expectation to go on and win from nil nil against ten men, with Shaw and Joe Linton, um obviously going off, with Isaac missing out because of the groin problem, I thought, oh, this could be one of those nil nil games. We can't quite find that breakthrough. But second half, I think credit to how credit to the players because I really felt like we picked it up a gear in that second half and. I know people think it's a foregone conclusion against 10 men, especially that early in the game that you're going to win, but it can almost make it even tougher, if you know what I mean. It's 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 easier, but it also can be harder, if you see what I'm saying, when people people put men behind the ball. So I think, yeah, a lot of credit to us in that second half for really like just going through the gears and making it look quite easy in the end. And, and yeah, what a moment for, for Lewis Miley as well. 
Yeah, I mean, it was um, the fact, it wasn't just Miley's goal, was it? It was, he, he played a pass, I think it was in, was in the first half or the second half, that he kind of, he wrapped is the outside of his right boot and kind of played it out to the wing around three defenders. And I thought if Kevin De Bruyne played that pass, people would be going on about it for, for days. But he oh, played yeah, that, he played brilliantly and then, of course, got the goal. Well, that's it with Lewis Miley, isn't it? I mean, there's... The stories of players coming in and scoring a goal, and, you, and you, obviously it's amazing for them. It's, it makes the headlines, but they don't actually go on to do that much in the game. And no disrespect to someone like Matty Longstaff, but obviously he had his moment against Man United, dream goal in a big game, and obviously then he, it didn't quite work out for him. But the difference, I think, with Miley is you can just about the just play, and whether it's the fact he's he's sort of tall but quite elegant with that the way he covers the pitch, his composure. He, he looks like one of those top players who's got so much time on the ball. He, he never looks panicked. He never looks rushed. Good on and off the ball, as I say, and, and makes some good runs either into the box or down the channel. So even if Miley hadn't scored or hadn't got that assist for Isaac against, was it Chelsea? I can't remember now. Um, but you just look, he's got an, he's got an assist against AC Milan. He's, he's played against PSG, AC Milan. He's played against Chelsea, Man United. Um Man City in the cup. I mean, there's not many players who make the impact against such such sort of big sides when they're when they're that age. And obviously, he took his took his goal so well as well. Didn't he? his first sort of big chance to score a goal and really nice finish at the Gallagher. And just really nice for him, isn't it, to have that moment and obviously to score such a big goal as well. I I don't think he needed a confidence boost because he looks so sort of comfortable all the time anyway. But that'll that'll probably do his do his confidence wonders, won't it? And it and it kind of looked like it could have. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be nil-nil here because they're just going to sit back. They've got 10 men, low block. It's going to be impossible to get through. And that was the goal that kind of unlocked it all. And then obviously we go on and win 3-0. Um, loads of positives. Do you want to name some of them? I mean, Bruno Gamarish was incredible, wasn't oh, he? He really was. I mean, I mean, we all know how good Bruno is, but I think he kind of showed the difference there. When you have a player of his calibre, yes, Fulham put men behind the ball. They were trying to frustrate us. Really, I think they were probably hoping for a point at best, but Bruno's sort of quality, obviously you see his run for the, that then sets up eventually Miley's goal, but he's that sort of outside of the foot, Nolbo Solano-esque cross for Byrne. Um, I mean, obviously they're just two moments where he set up goals, but aside from that, he just pulled the strings, didn't he? He was just, he was a joy to watch and uh, yeah, we've got an absolutely quality player there and I just, I just kind of wish we had, um, we had Sandro Tonali fit as well, but saying that, I mean, I'm just thinking how good it would be to watch the likes of Bruno and Tonali sort of against these teams we expect to be at home. But but then again, if Tonali was available, we might not be saying this from Lewis Miley. So I can't really complain about that, can we? No, no, not at all. And uh, and you know, another clean sheet, uh, a dominant win in the end yeah. against a good Fulham side. Uh, it was just so needed, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think you just go through the team. I mean, obviously starting with what it means for to, to actually win. I mean, it was really important when you look at the Premier League table because. Obviously, last weekend, we said that Villa were pulling away a little bit. Liverpool looked really good. Um, Tottenham obviously beat us in what was almost a six-pointer for the top four race. So there was a lot of kind of... It, it felt like a big setback, didn't it, losing against Spurs? And that's obviously before we even got to the Milan game, which was even more disappointing. So from a Premier League perspective, I think it was really big to win again, especially when obviously Tottenham got another win. They got a decent win at Forest on Friday night. Um, Aston Villa came from one goal down to beat Brentford. I know... Liverpool obviously slipped up against Man United and didn't beat them, but they're a team, as we say, we think are gonna gonna definitely get top four. Um, but so yeah, it was a really really big win from the Premier League perspective. But then just I think individually as well, just going through the team. I mean, Dubravka's got a bit of criticism, and I think like I say, he didn't cover himself in glory at Spurs or at Everton. 
it felt like every shot that went his way, he didn't really save and his position was a bit dubious, but it was a clean sheet for him. I know he didn't have that much to do, but I think it's just good for his confidence and a bit of a settler that Dubravka got a clean sheet and um, good to see Dan Byrne back. I mean, he generally plays left back for us, but I, I don't know about you, but I thought he looked pretty good when he came in at centre-back. He, he, I suppose he, he probably is more of a centre-back than he is a left-back, but it's good to see him back in the team. I think... Um, Another success story, actually, of the Eddie Howe era is Emil Kraft as well. I'd, I thought he was brilliant when he came on at right back. Um, when obviously when Shaw comes comes off, Byrne goes into centre back, Livermento's at left back, and Kraft was was there. He was now our third choice right back, really. But he was he was really impressive. He was he looked really strong. I think there was one point Fulham were going for a counter attack, and he just absolutely shoved someone off the ball with a shoulder charge. And um, Anthony Robertson as well, Fulham's left back, he's got bags of pace, and Kraft actually surprised me with how how quick he looked as well. Um, going forward look good too so I think it was really nice for Kraft after so long out to not yeah. only get a good run in the team but actually impress that much and uh, since yeah, he came back so from many. this big injury he's really impressed doesn't he I mean he's only featured a few times but the times he has he's always looked really solid I mean to be fair before the injury he never looked that bad he no, just that's right. never kind of got going but but if he's if this is what he can do then he's going to be a valuable squad player I think um, um, for, for, for years to come maybe you're right, though, as well, because he played in the uh, the Carabao Cup win at Man United, didn't he? He sent it back with Paul Dummett, and he was really solid there. And that was his first start, I believe, for about 18 months. So, so yeah, whether Kraft's filling in at centre-back, playing at right-back, he's he's looking sort of really capable of filling in, which is good when we've needed Livermento at left-back recently, and we've seen how tired Trippier is. So that's positive to see Kraft looking good. And we've mentioned Bruno. And I think another positive for me is that, firstly, Gordon was fit. There was worries before the game that he wouldn't play. And he... he uh, Probably wasn't at his best, but he still he still looked sharp, which was good to see. Just more more good to see the fact that he was actually able to play. I was worried he was going to be out injured. And the final one that stood out for me was just Dalmaron. I think I wouldn't say he was at his best, but I think after criticism, he obviously some of it was deserved. He missed big chances against Spurs and against Everton, and he was there's always a bit of a scapegoat on social media sometimes. And he was that recently. A lot of criticism. A lot of people saying we need a new right winger, and I do think we need an upgrade on the right wing, but. I think it was nice for him to get that goal. Um, probably good for his confidence and maybe get get a few fans fans off his back. So yeah, I think loads of positives individually and obviously massive moment for Miley and uh, for the team. Just a really big win. Yeah, really big win and uh, much needed, as you said. Let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the Chelsea game, the injury injury news, the predicted eleven, all that sort of thing. We'll be back after the break. <laughs> All we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back. So tomorrow night, uh, Ollie, we're still in the obviously Carabao Cup. We've got Chelsea away. And I mean, what do we think? Chelsea's one week look amazing and the next week look rubbish. We've just beaten Fulham 3-0. First of all, I suppose, before we get on to what we think is going to happen, where and how can we watch it? Yeah, so this one's another game on TV. I know the, the uh, Fulham game wasn't actually, but this one, Carabao Cup's been selected for TV. I guess it's the quarterfinal stage now, so it's to be expected. But yeah, 8 p.m. kickoff on Sky Sports. So yeah, so for anyone not making the trip down to London, it's uh, 8 p.m. kickoff on Sky Sports Tuesday night. Brilliant. And obviously this is uh, a huge game, given we're out of Europe. This is a competition we're still in. We're obviously still in the FA Cup because we haven't started it yet, but... After last year's run in this competition, we've already beaten Man United, Man City. If we beat Chelsea as well, we deserve the trophy, don't we? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I think I was saying that but when we were talking about the sort of Champions League, the Cups, the Premier League, I think one thing we want to be able to take away from this season at the minimum is just to feel like we've had a good run, or, or for the Cup at least, really like, can we can we actually win a trophy? Can we go one step further than we did last season? And we're obviously out of the Champions League. In the Premier League, we're still very much within a shout of the top four, but I think we're realising how tough it's going to be with Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool and Villa all looking so good with Spurs looking better again and obviously beating us last weekend. So I think there's a massive amount of importance now on the Carabao Cup, given the Champions League and Premier League sort of battles we've had. So, so yeah, this is massive and not, on, not only massive because it's a, it's a tough game, but I think if you look at the, the draw, um, I'm pretty sure the draw is quite open. I mean, I think Liverpool are still left in it. But there's quite there's sort of an opportunity here that if we can beat Chelsea, I mean, if we do beat them, we'll have beaten Man City, we'll have beaten Man United and Chelsea to get to the quarterfinals, so it'll, to the semis even. So it'll be some draw, some sort of run. But um, let me just find it. Yeah, here's the draw. So we've we've got Chelsea, Everton play Fulham, Port Vale play Middlesbrough, and Liverpool play West Ham. So there's every chance, let's just say, if we get through, it's something like Everton, Newcastle, Middlesbrough, Liverpool. So... There's a couple of teams in there who you'd really fancy beating in the semi-final, wouldn't you? If we didn't draw Liverpool, so yeah. that's me getting ahead of myself. But either way, it's, there's no getting away from what a big opportunity this is. And um, the semi-final is still so, a yeah. two-legged thing, isn't it? I think so. I think it's the, it's the FA Cup, isn't it, where it plays the semis at Wembley? At, uh, Wembley. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It is two legs because remember last year it was um, yeah Leicester, was it or was it Southampton? Who yes, was it, it was Leicester. Leicester. I Leicester, think it yeah. was Leicester. Yeah, I, I, I get confused myself. Dan Burns that. scored. I can't remember that was it. Yeah, I'm which. sure it was Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea. I don't know what to make of Chelsea. What do we think of that? I mean, what's their form like at the moment? It's kind of really patchy, isn't it? I mean, having a look at how they've got on since we beat them 4-1 back in the last month. I mean, the, the first game after that, they beat Brighton 3-2. That was a... I saw bits of that. It seemed pretty scrappy. It was... And there was a sending off. And I think they kind of hung on for it in the end Chelsea then then they went to Man United and lost 2-1 and I watched that game and we all know how sort of bad Man United are so the fact Chelsea went to Man United and lost I think says a lot after the game after that they lost 2-0 away at Everton so there was back to back away away defeats there and then the weekend just gone they've, they've beaten Sheffield United 2-0 um, 
uh, thanks to two second half goals. So, yeah, they've, they've, they've essentially in the last four games, they've won the two home games, they've lost the two away games, and obviously we're playing at Chelsea, so they they seem better at home, like most teams are. But yeah, they're 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 a little bit like Man United for me, probably slightly better because they're not quite in as as much in disarray as Man United and have a probably better pool of players to pick from. But you're not really sure what Chelsea are going to get, are you? So, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one just because they've got some good players. So a couple of informed players as well, but but yeah, they're they're very beatable, I think. Yeah, and uh, injury update for us. I mean, anyone else close to coming back? Is Botman going to make a start, for example? Well, Eddie Howe's been speaking about injuries this morning. Obviously, I mentioned what he said about Shaw and Joe Linton having scans, and doesn't think they're too bad, but they're likely obviously to miss Chelsea. And on Botman, he said that they're basically going to have to make a decision whether or not he's ready to start. Obviously, he came off the bench. Uh, later on against Fulham and it was really really good to see him back and um, the fact he actually came off the bench as well shows that he is actually ready to play I know some players are put on the bench but there's no real intention of bringing them on but the fact he came on is, is a positive sign obviously we saw it against Spurs with with Wilson and Longstaff last weekend well the weekend before last they came off the bench and then the next game they're starting so maybe it's a sign that after Botman had a little sort of a little cameo against Fulham he's actually going to be in a position to start against Chelsea but I think with 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 Botman, there's been a lot of sort of. I think they've been really careful about his knee injury. I think there's there's often been talk about if there's sort of fluid around his knee, if there's more swelling, then he's going to have to have surgery. And I think they've been really managing it day to day, week to week. So I think if there's any feeling that they would be risking him by starting him immediately, I think they won't take that risk. But it would be nice to see him in the back line, wouldn't it? Well, I think with Shaw almost guaranteed to be missing, we could really do with that sort of quality defender on the ball in Botman because we're going to miss that not having Char. So, so yeah, it looks like Botman could play, but they're going to make a late, de- late decision on him. There's an update on Isaac. Um, I think by the sound of it, he hasn't actually picked up an injury. They're just wary of his groin problem. Managing his was... groin injury or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that in, that in itself is a concern because I think, I don't know if you agree with this, but I, you could tell the last few games, especially that I'd say at times against Mil- Milan, that when he came on, you could just tell he wasn't wanting to go at full pelt. And the same could be said against Spurs as well. He wasn't making those runs. He wasn't really sort of really going in like he can and, and, and sprinting. And I think looking back, it does actually make sense that they've left him out and thought he needs to just manage the fatigue and he needs to be 100% right before we ask him to go go at a full tilt. Because if that groin goes again and we're looking at another four, four six weeks out, we haven't got the options in, in Callum Wilson, who himself struggles to play more than more than sort of one game every week. So yeah, I think with with Isaac, I'm looking at what Howe said there. He said he'll have a you'll have a chance of playing against Chelsea, but they have to manage the situation. So the the kind of it's it's anyone's guess really what they do with him. But um yeah, as for the players who definitely won't be playing, Harvey Barnes has been ruled out for another four or five weeks. I think there was good news more recently, well a couple of weeks ago on him saying that he'd be back in training, then it was looking good. But now it seems like he's had an injury setback, a little bit like Willock really. I think both Willock and Barnes are expected back sort of towards the end of January. So that's a that's a shame, isn't it? Especially when we're sort of low on options out wide. So so yeah, there'll be no I would say no Shaw or Joe Linton unless they miraculously recover and the scans showed no damage. So no no Shaw or Joe Linton, I don't think. Isaac and Botman touch a go. I think Trippier obviously suspended against Fulham, but available now. He obviously went off against Milan, didn't he, with a knock. And I think Howe said he's going to be training on Monday. And after that, they'll make a decision on on whether he can play or not. So, so yeah, I think late decisions on Isaac Botman and Trippier. I think Anderson's still out. Matt Target's still out. Um, Barnes will be out. Willock will be out. So there's still plenty of plenty of people out. Obviously, Tonali's banned. 
Um, but yeah, fingers crossed on Isaac Botman and Trippier. And, and another thing, actually, Lewis Hall is eligible to play. Um, yes, I saw, I saw that, yeah. It, not not that he will play, because <laughs> we never yeah. play him, it seems. <laughs> I mean, do you know what? I've seen people saying that, making kind of a joke about it, saying, oh, well, he's eligible, but he's, he won't get picked. But do you not think there's an argument to say that he did so well in the last round against Man United? He scored, he performed well. Like, is this... You say some managers, don't you, where they have the Premier League team, but then they keep faith in certain players for the Cup who got us through. And I think, could you argue that Howe might just think, right, well, this is your chance, and you've obviously impressed before in the Cup. Give mm. him another chance. Or do you think with Trippier back, with Byrne back, do you think he maybe... maybe yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like we want to play our strongest eleven and get through this, because... Yeah, well, true. I mean, now we've beaten... You know, when, when we played them against Man United Man City, it was kind of like, we're stretched... We just have to play out this team. If we if we do if we go out, we go out. Yeah. But now True. we're at this stage with the draw opening up. You feel like maybe just let's just put out our best eleven and just yeah. just take it game by game. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't know how. I can't work out how anyhow things. No. <laughs> so to be fair, that's true, isn't it? There's not really time for sentiment and keeping someone happy when the stakes are so high now. Like you say, against Man United, we had to just put out anyone we could. But yeah, I think that's probably true actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. It would All be right, a well, let's let's shame from but. Let, well, let's do our predicted 11s then. Or are, you, are, you, are you done on injuries or is there anything else to say? Well, the last thing, just on Chelsea, they've actually got a fairly long list of players out themselves. And it's always worth mentioning who the opposition have got out because we're constantly reeling off the players we're missing. But So they've got Robert Sanchez, the goalkeeper, out. Mark is out, the fullback. Reese James is out. Um, I think Wesley Fofana, the centre-back, has been out for a while. He's still out. Ben Chilwell's out. Uh, Romeo Lavia's out, who's they signed and he's barely kicked a ball since they got him. And the big one who's kind of the one to watch is summer signing Christopher Nkunku. He was an unused sub against Sheffield United at the weekend, but Pochettino said this morning that he will be involved against Newcastle. I don't think he's going to start. Fantastic. Well, almost certainly won't start, but it looks it's like typical, he could get his typical. first minutes, which, yeah. But he's a good player, isn't he? But thankfully, yeah. if he plays, it'll be off the bench, I think. But yeah, that's just a quick update on Chelsea. Okay. Well, predicted 11s. What do you reckon? I'm going to go the Bravka in goal. Trippier right back, Livermento left back, Byrne and Lascelles centre backs with Botman on the bench again. Yeah. Uh, Miley, Bruno, and Longstaff. Gordon, Wilson, and Miggy. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm struggling to disagree with any of that because if you if you go through it, I mean, I think you're right there that Botman. Will the risk him? I'd, I'd like to think that he can play. And it, in an ideal world, he comes through and he plays with, obviously, like I said before, with missed Shah's ability on the ball. And Botman could offer that. But I think you're right. I think it would be a little bit risky to put him in there. And when we know Byrne can slot in at centre-back, we've got Livermento at left-back, we've got Trippier back at right-back. There's not that need to play Byrne at left-back, is there? Because we've got other options. And mm. yeah, in midfield, with Joe Linton out, with Anderson out, with Willock out, with Tenali out surely it has to be Mighty Longstaff and Bruno. I don't think there's really... I don't know who the only other option would be would be Lewis Hall as a left-handed midfielder and obviously given maybe one of Longstaff or Miley a break, but I don't, I just don't think Lewis Hall's going to play midfield. But, um, and yeah, then up top, I mean, it's, if, if let's face it, if Isaac isn't fit and he doesn't, he isn't sort of risked or can't play, they're the only really options, aren't they, with Gordon, mm. Gordon Wilson and, and, uh, and Almiron with, with Murphy out and with, with Barnes still out. So, so yeah, there's not too many changes we can make. But I, I actually agree with that 11. Yeah, I think that'll be, that'll be the team. On on Murphy, uh, did you see Josh Murphy's uh, Christmas party outfit? It's <laughs> very yes. good. If you haven't seen this, Google it. Josh Murphy Christmas outfit. He went to a Christmas party. And he's obviously Jacob Murphy's twin brother. 
Uh, so he looks exactly the same. And he went out in a Newcastle kit with his shoulder in a sling. <laughs> and he went oh, as, his, as his brother. Yeah. It was very good. Uh, there's a picture online of him in the taxi dressed as it. And it, and you look at it and you think, what's Jacob Murphy doing? What's he doing? Has he left a game and a cap? And then you go, it's Josh Murphy. It's very funny. Um, you know, talking of talking of the Murphys, I really hope Jacob Murphy can be back soon, actually. We've just heard about the Harvey Barnes setback and yeah. really haven't got many options out wide. And I noticed Jacob Murphy was on the, he was in the sort of studio for the TNT sports coverage of the AC Milan game. And I noticed his arm wasn't in a sling then. So let's hope he's back soon. But I mean, I don't know how long these things take, but yeah, fingers crossed we can get him back soon. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. Prediction, Ollie, what do you reckon? There's no replays. Is there? I think it goes straight to penalties. So what do you reckon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Do you know what? I'm going to say a draw in normal time and we're going to win on penalties. Dubravka's going to come out the hero. Okay, I like that. I'm going to go, we're going to win 1-0. Nice. And um, Back in that cliche Ma- Miley, Miley, Miley's going to score again. <laughs> oh, imagine that. Yeah. Do you know what? He came very close. I don't know if you remember this. When the last game of the season... Last yes, I do. Hit the bar. Yeah. That, that was his yeah. first, probably his first appearance. And I think... I don't know whether he then became the youngest player to ever feature for Newcastle. I can't remember, but he's breaking all sorts of records, isn't he? He was the, you think he was the youngest Newcastle player ever, or, or one of the youngest English players to ever assist a goal in the Champions League against Milan. Yeah, and now he's, I think, I think the youngest. Steve Watson's got the record for Newcastle. Um, oh, does he? I think so. Let's just the Champions find out. League record. No, no, no. The, uh, the the youngest player to play. I think Steve Watson was sixteen. Oh, um, I've got a memory, a vague memory in my head. He was. Yeah, a record that still stands. So, oh. how old is he? Let's find out. I can edit out this 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 thinking bit, but uh, uh, what am I looking for? Oh, it just says the youngest person to play for Newcastle. It doesn't actually say how old he was. Anyway, whatever. He was young. Never mind. Um, okay, let's. Uh, okay, yeah. Prediction. We've done that. All right. Yeah, we're done. And we're going to be back after the Chelsea game. We'll be back on Thursday or Friday, probably. Uh, previewing what's now. Oh, they come thick and fast. What's our next game? It's a good one. Is it Luton away or something? Yeah, we've got Luton on the 23rd, so that's uh, that'll be then then soon after that Forest. So yeah, the the games come pretty thick and fast now between between now and the new year, but um we're, we're getting used to that, aren't we? Are um, we going to be yeah. potting on Christmas Eve or something? No, please no. <laughs> I mean, when I think about it, we're playing Luton on the 23rd. So if we're going to do our... Let's do Christmas Day. Yeah. Let's do Christmas Day morning. <laughs> So yeah, maybe right. maybe Christmas Eve we will be getting the podcast out, but uh, uh, we'll work it out. We'll work. Just it one out. final thing before we go. So it's just popped up while recording that Sunderland have a positive yeah, I've seen new that. manager. Nineteen yeah. days before the Tynemuir derby, Michael Beale. So there was there was all the talk of Will Still, that highly rated sort of Belgian coach in in mm. front of them in it. But Michael Beale, so he was it? I think he was Steven Gerrard's assistant at Villa. Then he got uh, a job yeah. At he went to he went to Rangers as well. He was a Rangers manager. Yeah, so it was. That was it. So he would QPR to Rangers. And I think towards the end of his time at QPR, it wasn't great. I think he left them in seventh. And then with Rangers, they, they kind of got done by Celtic, I think, in that season. So I think from what I've seen, the Sunderland fans in the comments don't look too happy. But I can't lie, I'm quite happy with that. I didn't want them to get Will still. So, yeah, bring on bring on the time we had to help you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Thank you very much, everyone. Um, we will speak to you before Christmas. But uh, for all of those starting their Christmas festivities in the next sort of week or so, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a lovely time with your friends and family. And I hope Newcastle have a lovely time and win lots. So, Ollie, uh, same to you. And I'll speak to you in a couple of days. Nice one. Thanks for listening, Cheers. everyone. Say goodbye, See everyone. Bye bye.
Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.